0: Welcome to another edition of Daf Shrui, Weekly Daf. Give me 40 minutes or so, and I'll give you a Daf or so. Today is Hey, Yar, and therefore it is the fifth day of the month of Iyar. It's Yom Smaut, Israel Independence Day, and also Nakba Day, the day of the tragedy for the Palestinians, Palestinian people, both at the same time, and they're both celebrating and grieving, happening. At the same time, in the same place, over the same event. We can only hope that someday, soon, we will all be celebrating together. Today is also the anniversary of a year to the day from when my father died, and the learning today will be in his memory, his red site. Harish, Happy, Harold, Harry, many names, Cohen. My father okay we're starting um at the bottom of 22a um at the mishnah the bottom in the edition of the widow and brothers ram i will put in the links to the various places you could find the gemara on the Dafshui shui podcast page so here we go we're going to finish off this Daf today we're going to do more or less an amud as last week we did the first half of the Daf, the first amud okay so the mission starts. One whose wall was abutting his fellow's wall, he is not allowed to place another wall next to it unless he distances it from the first person's wall by four amot. Windows if there are windows in the wall, whether above or below or opposite them, whether the wall is above or below or opposite them, it has to be four Amot away from them. So this Mishnah is a serious interpretive crux. Um, And there seems to be, there are two, and this is basically here, we have a case where the Gemara is more or less trying to understand what the Mishnah is saying. The problem here is of course, well the problem here is on the one hand the pronoun the kotlo his wall which wall whose wall Mishaya kotlo kotel Right lo he shouldn't so is that lo lo, that lo is that just a redundant pronoun meaning that just or a stress pronoun meaning that he the original, this guy who's building the second wall or is that referring to the wall? So there are two, and, and where are those walls situated? What does it mean, somech? What does it mean to abut, to put the wall next to the other wall? And uh, what's the relationship between the two walls? And that's, those are some of the things that the Gemara is going to be talking about. And, and there are two general ways of going on the interpretation. There's the Rambam, who says that actually it's, there are three walls, right? as it seems from the Mishnah. The original wall is, let's say, Shifra's wall. Shifra has a wall, and Ruvain wants to build a wall. Ruvain builds the wall at a 90-degree angle from Shifra's wall and then wants to build another wall. So that second wall is going to be, at a 90-degree angle, from Rubain's first wall, meaning that it's parallel to Shifra's wall. And it will come out, so it would be like an upside-down U or a U. And that second wall has to be four amot, four cubits, from Shifra's wall. So the wall that it's parallel to. So that's one way of interpreting it. The other way of interpreting it is, which is attributed to the Yad-Rama, or Mayor Levi Abulafia, who lived about a century after the Rambam. Is saying that the first wall has to be four amount and four small amount from the other guy's wall. So Ruvain's wall has to be four amot from Schiffer's wall. So that there's a passage between the first wall and Schiffer's wall. And we'll see why when we get to the Gemara, it has to do with the fact he has to be able to walk between those two. And then the second wall that Ruvain wants to build is parallel to the first wall. The first wall is at an also at a 90-degree angle. The second wall is parallel to the first wall. So as opposed to the Rambam, who says that the second wall is at a 90 degree angle from the first wall here, the second wall is parallel to the first wall and at a 90 degree angle again from Schiffer's wall. Um, so you have Sh- if you think of Schiffer's wall as the base and then you have two walls up from it like a U, except for the fact that there is four amot between those walls and Schiffer's walls. The Rambam would say that Schiffer's wall is the base. Then you have Ruvain's wall as a 90 degree angle. And then the second wall is at a 90 degree angle at the end of that wall. Four amount between that. And it looks like a C. So the Rambam, interestingly, the Rambam says that the original wall, when, when Ruvain's original wall is related to Shifra's wall, he says it as kimin gam, which means that it's like a gamma, the Greek letter gamma. And then the second wall comes out and makes it into a bet. Or a backwards C. So those are the two ways of explaining it. And what they're doing is they're trying to explain what the pronoun lo is. So Rambam interprets lo as his own wall, that he will not lo yismoch lo. He shouldn't abut the wall to his own wall, right? Unless he distances it for a mot mi from Schiffer's wall. And the Yad is saying that he should that he Lo smoke low kotel he shouldn't abut it a second wall to Shiffer's wall. Again at a 90 degree angle from Shiffer's wall. unless he distances it from it, meaning from his first wall and from Shiffer's wall for Amot. Okay, so that's the way it's going here. And those are the two general explanations of this wall. So that's the first interpretive question is, where are these walls? The second interpretive question is, what is the relationship between the windows, the second phrase in the Mishnah, that the the windows, whether above or below or opposite them, have to be distanced for Amot. What's the relationship between that? Is that also talking, is that connected to the first part of the Mishnah? Is that talking about the same, wall, or is that this is just another law dealing with walls? Okay, and again, here we're talking about again an issue of how much power does a property owner have to exploit his property rights or the rights and how much may he impact the rights of the person next to him in the property next to him. Okay, so the Gemara asks this question. But so the Gemara starts out by asking an interesting question, but Kama Hehi So if you're taught, if you say that once you that if you had a wall and you want to build another wall, you're not allowed to abut the second wall unless you move it away for a moat. What about the first wall? The first wall is samuch, right? The first wall is abutted to the wall itself. So how do you how do you have a second wall? What happened to the first wall? Right. In other words, how do you have a wall there in the first place that's samuch? Meaning seemingly that they're understanding, the Gemara is understanding it as being. Right up against the first wall, right up against the so Reuven's wall, is right up against Shifer's wall, and then the second question is just about the next wall. Where does he put the next wall? And we said with two ways of understanding that. But so, but what about that first wall? How did you kamah hechisama? How did you? How are you? How are you allowed to put that first wall up against Shifer's wall? How is was allowed to put that first wall up against Shifer's wall? Amar of Yehuda, Surah of Yehuda says, of the second generation of Babylonian Amoraim says, hachi kamar. This is what the Mishnah actually says. Actually, what the Mishnah says is not one who had a wall that abutted the wall of his friend, but rather one who's coming to set up a wall which abuts the wall of his friend. He cannot do it unless he distances it from the wall for amot. Okay? So now the question is, what is, what is that? Is that an interpretation? Or is that he's saying that that's what the the Mishnah should actually say? Is he rewriting the Mishnah or is he interpreting the Mishnah? There is one specific phrase that's used by the Stam. Chisure mechasra v'hachiketani. It is the Mishnah is deficient and this is what it should say. And in that case, uh, that usually precedes in Amorah rewriting what the Mishnah says. Here, though, it's just a hachikamar. Though in a minute, we'll see that Rava has a hachi katani. This is what it should teach. But matkifla Rava, immediately Rava questions Rav Yehuda reasonably. That's not what the Mishnah says, he's saying. The Mishnah says one whose wall abutted his fellow's wall. So how could you say that it's talking about one who's coming to build a wall? coming to put up a wall that abuts its fellow's wall, when the Mishnah actually says, Mishayah kotlo samuch havero. That doesn't say one who's coming to build a wall. So what are you talking about, Rav Yehuda? How do you put that into the Mishnah? So basically, Rav is saying, no, you can't rewrite the Mishnah. Ela <laughs> ama Rav, says, hachi katani. Now, the hachi katani is actually in a number of the manuscripts. There, uh hachi katani is not in the manuscript. Um, some of the manuscripts it is. But hachi katani, Rava has his own way of rereading the Mishnah or rewriting the Mishnah. So here's what the Mishnah should say: One whose wall was abutted his fellow's wall, and it was four amot away from his fellow's wall, and it fell down, he shouldn't. He's not allowed to build another wall that abuts his fellow's wall unless it's four Amot away from it. So according to Ravo, what the mission is teaching is that Schiffer had a wall. Ruvain had a wall, which was which abutted that first wall, which abutted Schiffer's wall, but it was four Amot from Schiffer's wall, and then it fell down. So he wants to replace that wall, and in that case, he's not allowed to then go and build the wall right up against Schiffer's wall. He has to, again, leave that four Amot from Schiffer's wall. There are A number of differences in the manuscripts, Berichuk is Bekiruv, but more or less they're the same thing. In other words, that they're, they're the original wall was four amot away or four amot close with uh, to Shifra's wall, so he's not allowed to put up another wall unless he still has the four amot distance. So then, my tama, what's the reason according to Rava, the Stameh the Davsha the Hachamalilhatam that? Davsha is uh, from the root ladush, it seems, um, which means to stomp, to walk on. So davsha, then, when you walk on the dirt in between the walls, apparently it makes it firmer. So the davsha, the hakhamali lehatem. So when and when you walk next to your wall, it also makes it good for the other wall, this wall and that wall. So all the davsha is good. All the walking and stomping and on the dirt makes the walls firmer because it makes the earth firmer. So that's the reason that, according to Rava you have to, that's when you, have, that you need that four amot, right, between the walls, so that you can walk between the walls. Because if you put the wall right up against the other wall, then you're not allowing. So Ruvain, if Ruvain builds his wall right up against uh, Shifra's wall, then uh, there's no place for people to walk next to Shifra's wall and make the ground harder, which will help keep up Shifra's wall. Amar Rav. Lo shano ela kotel gina, abel kotel so Rav says, this is only teaching about the wall around a garden or a small orchard, but a wall around a courtyard, if he wants to put it right up against it, he can put it right up against it. Rabbi Yoshiah Omer, Rabbi Ushaia says, kotel ginav, kotel chatser, Rabbi says it doesn't make a difference whether it's the wall around a courtyard or wall around a garden. If he wants to put it right up, if he's not allowed to put it. In, in, if he comes to abut it to the other wall, he's not allowed to. So he's not allowed to abut his wall next to the other wall. Amar Reb Barchanina. Barchanina comes and makes peace. <speaking in Hebrew> they're not There's no difference between them. Ha'be'ir Yushana, Habir Chadasha. One is talking about an old city. One is talking about a new city. The difference we'll get to in a minute. Rashi understands that this statement of Rav's is continuing in the sugya, and therefore he says that it's own that the difference between a Gina garden and a uh chatser, a courtyard is that in a gina you can't in a garden you can't walk around inside because there's there's stuff growing there. Gina is like an orchard, a small field. It's there's stuff growing there, and therefore you're not gonna walk around in there, so therefore you don't get the advantage of having davsha, of having people stomping on the land inside. So therefore, you need the outside. So therefore, you can't abut your wall to that wall. But if it's around a courtyard, so people are going to walk around the courtyard all the time. So then you get the davsha. Then you get the, the advantage of stomping on the ground, which makes it harder. Shaya says it doesn't make a difference. He doesn't want to make that distinction. And Rabbi Yossi Barchanina says there's no difference between them. They're not actually arguing, but Rabbi Oshai is talking about an old city, meaning that already the land, the ground has been walked on and it's already hard, and therefore it's going to hold the wall. And uh, Rav is talking about a new city where you have to stop on the ground in order to harden it so that it will hold the wall better. Now, another possibility is that Rav is not the continuation of the Surya. First of all, Rav is an earlier generation than Rava and Rav Yehuda, so he probably was not responding to them. So he's not that much earlier. But also, the phrase Loshanu, more importantly, is usually used when a comment is made directly on the Mishnah. So Rav's the other way of understanding this is that Rav's comment is that of only talking about a kotel around a wall around a, a wall of a garden and not a wall of a courtyard is referring back to the Mishnah's original statement that building a wall, whether you're allowed to, to abut it to the other wall or not, having nothing to do with Davshas. Rav Svara might be the entire problem in the Mishnah is shading and not stomping, not walking on the ground, right? That's why. With a garden or an orchard, distance is the issue, especially if there are windows in the wall to the garden that is opening to openings on the wall to the garden. So Rob is saying one whose wall was close to his wall of his friend. He's not allowed to get 4 a close in the case of a garden because you don't want to shade the garden. You don't want to get in the way of the sun getting into the garden, perhaps. Especially if there are windows in that wall, meaning openings that allow sunlight into the garden. And so Rob could be commenting and Revochet says, no, it doesn't make a difference what kind of a a wall it it is. Okay, and so that's uh, so it's not clear whether or not Rob is talking about straight on the Mishnah or whether Rob is the continuation here and talking about the question, continuing on the question of Davsha, the way the Rashi has. This week's episode is brought to you by rabbis at your cocktail party. Want to make your next Simcha wedding reception, bar mitzvah, quinceañera unforgettable? Rabbis at your cocktail party will supply real-life rabbis to mingle amongst your guests. Your guests will have an unrivaled experience as Rabbi Akiva trots out his timeless, it wasn't the plague of frogs, it was one giant frog. Or when I buy and rubber, go at it again over Yeh Shalomidad. Or when Shimmy Barashi Wines, or I have a quarter in the Gemara, I say stuff. Rabbi's at your cocktail party. Act now and enjoy a special discount only for listeners of this podcast. Go to www.rabbisatyourcocktailparty.com slash and they'll throw in a Rishon with every order. That's www.rabbisatyourcocktailparty.com slash The Gemara continues, T'Nan... Right, The second half of the Mishnah, the windows, whether above or below or opposite them, you have to have a distance of four amot, meaning the wall has to either be four amot lower than the windows or four amot higher than the windows or four amot away from the windows. V'tani Allah. And the brightest says about this, it has to be four amount higher so that you can't look into the other window. It's awkward to be able to, you have to like bend down, you know, I don't know, jump down on a rope. If it's four amount lower so that you can't stand on the wall and look in through the window. And if it's opposite it, it is not so that you shouldn't, It shouldn't shade the, the other wall, shouldn't shade the window. So this is, this is found in Tosefta. Tama, the stomp says, So here we see that the reason is about the shading and not about uh, stomping the ground. So actually, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a wall that is at a 90 degree angle from the other wall. From, so Ruven's wall is at a 90 degree angle from Shifra's wall, the way that the Rambam and the Adrama explain the Mishnah. Vekama. And how far away does it have to be? According to the B'righta, it doesn't give a, a, a distance in the, about the windows. Amar Yiba chamua So Yiba, who was the son-in-law of Ashyan Barnidbach, said in the name of Rav, the distance of a window. That's how far it has to be. but then he could look into it. Amar Rav Zvid et kotlo. So, if it's just a window's distance away, so then you could stand on the wall and look in. So, Rosie said, no, when you have your wall, the top of your wall is, they make a slope on the top of your wall of your side. And if you try to stand on it, you fall off. So, we don't have a problem of peeping toms, of looking into the window, looking into the property. <laughs> Here, when we read the second part of the Mishnah as being connected to the first part of the Mishnah, and so therefore, we're talking about moving, having to distance four amot. Well, and no, it's not our We didn't we say the Mishnah four amot away? Lakasha, no, that's not a question. kan Here we're talking about the difference between whether or not you have a walls on two sides of the window, two sides of the opening or walls only on one side of the opening coming out at a 90 degree angle. If you have it two sides of the opening, so that is, you have to have uh, them far away from each other, the distance of the length of the window itself, or it has to be as far away as uh, four amot if you only have one wall. Tashma, betakota minamas chela so what about the next Mishnah, which we're going to learn in a minute, where it says that you have to distance the wall from the drainage pipe, the gutter, for a moat so that you could which is the distance that you could lean your ladder up against it in order to be able to clean it. Right? You have the the, the gutter is so that the water from the roof flows out. And then in order to, and you want to be able to, and it gets stuck up, all kinds of things fall into it. So you have to be able to have time, have space for your ladder to get up there and clean out the gutter. So it has to, so the other person's wall has to be for Amoroi. Tama mishim sulam mishim So here again, the reason is because of the ladder, not because of stomping on the ground. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about actually a, gutter, which is itself on an angle. And if the reason is walking on the ground and making the ground harder, he can still walk back and forth underneath it, right? In other words, it's a gutter that comes out over the the property, and uh, he can still walk back and forth and make the land hard no matter what. Okay. So since we're talking about the wall and the gutter, we we'll go to the next Mishnah, which talks about the wall and the gutter, but starts with So we distance the ladder from a dovecote. In other words, if you have a permanent ladder in order to get up to the top of your roof, but is there is a, a built in nesting for doves, a dovecote. You have to put that away. You have to keep your ladder for a moat away from the dovecote so that a mongoose, a Nimayan, a, a mongoose can't jump over. Mongoose is a small kind of rodent-like animal. Uh, it's very quick and speedy and can kill and will kill the doves if it gets the chance. If you don't believe me, look on YouTube and look up mongoose and the first thing you get are these YouTubes. Videos of mongooses killing cobras and lions and stuff like that. Okay, so you have to make sure that you keep your ladder for Amot away from the dovecote. But at Hakotel, menamaz chela dalar Amot, is okay for the Sulam. And again, as we just saw, the Gemara quoted this Mishnah, you have to keep the wall, you have to distance a wall from the gutter for Amot, if you're building a wall, in order that you're able to put the ladder up to the gutter, in order that you have room to put the ladder up to clean the gutter. So the Gemara says, leh ma matnitin So again, the question of usage of property. Let's say that this Mishnah shows that we don't hold rabiosi. De rabiosi, because if we do hold by ha amar ze was the one who said that if one guy is building a well or a cistern and the other guy digging a cistern, the other guy is planting a tree, so this guy, you don't have to dis, you don't have to leave any distance between them because they're each planting in their own property, right? So this one is digging in his property and this one is planting in his property. So it seemed like this Mishnah doesn't accord with ribiosi because uh, Rabi would say, you know, everybody's just doing their own thing. So this guy has a, a ladder, this guy has a dove coat, this guy has a gutter, this guy has a wall. What's what does they have to do with it? Each one is in his own property. so the Gemara goes on, even if you're gonna say that the Halacha is like Rabiosi Ha Amar Ashi Amar Modi So Rav Ashi says When I was at the school of Ravkahana, Rav Kahana said that Rabiosi also agrees when it's a question of direct damage. Hahinami and here there is direct damage, meaning That if you put the ladder out, it is a direct cause of damage. How? Because sometimes you put the ladder down and there's a a hole in the ground where the mongoose is hiding. Immediately jump out and uh, run up the ladder and kill the doves. So the Gemara says, wait, that's not a direct cause. That's grama. That's not gire Dide, that's not, you know, gire literally means shooting arrows. It means something that you, you did actually be a daim with your, with your own hands. But well, gramo, this is only causal. This is only you put something there and then something else happened. You didn't actually take the mongoose up with your hands and throw it at the doves. Amar so of Tuvi Bar-Matna, Zotomer, gromo ben Asur. Sur Tuvi bar matna says this teaches us that actually this causality in the case of torts, in the case of damages, is forbidden. Ribyosi Havile Hanutali. So we go and tell this following story. Ribyosi had a number of small palm trees. The Havu Ati umni atu umni and There were a bunch of bloodletters who did their bloodletting. There's this type of medicine back in the day. And they sat underneath these uh, palm trees and they let blood. I think that's the proper verb. The atu urve achli tamri. And these ravens came and they ate the blood because they were attracted to the blood. And they then flew up to the top of the palms and they, uh, tamri, and they they ruined the dates. Amarlahu Rav Yosef said, Afikuli korkor So he said, Get rid of, he told the blood letters, get out of here so that uh, I don't want all these ravens which he called Kor Kor, because that's what they say. "kar kar" Anamana So get out of here and take your ravens with you, meaning get the, rid of these ravens for me. Amar Abaya, so Abaya said to Reb Yosef, well, it's not their fault, they're just causing it, they're not directly doing it. Amar le' hacheyama bar this is what, so he said back to him, this is what ravtubi bar matna says, zotemar grama asur. So he said, ah, ravtubi bar matna said that, causation in torts is forbidden. So therefore, these blood letters are forbidden to sit here. But Rabbi says, wait, but they already have a chazaka. They, meaning they have already have been here for a while and have established a right, seeming a right, some kind of a right to this property because they've been here for a long time. You can't just kick them out like that. Ha Nachman, Amar so Rav Yosef said back to him, No, because we know that Rav Nachman said in the name of Rabbi Barabua, There's no chazaka, there's no establishing of ownership when you're causing damage. And but, so Abaya comes back to him and says, Wait, but doesn't Rav Mari say about this that we're talking about smoke? And Rav Zid said, we're talking about when, others, when you say you can't have chazaka, you can't establish ownership with for damages. So Rav Mari says, that's what I'm talking about, a place that, that, you know, smoke, the damage from smoke when you're burning a fire. Or Rav Zid said, I know you're talking about when you have an outhouse. So those things, because they are odious. Amarle, leh, said back, no, Hani ledidi da'anina da'tai ki kise damali. No, for me, that I am sensitive, these um, crows, these ravens, are like smoke and an outhouse for me. So therefore, there's no chazaka, you're not allowed to have a chazaka here because the damage is excessive. So again, the question is, to what extent can a person impact the property rights of their neighbor? And Rubiosi says that you can't, seemingly says that you can't. Rubiosi's argument here is, these are my trees, you're ruining my trees, go away because the damage you're doing is significant. And again, continuation of the discussion of, to what extent do I have the ability to say to you, don't do something in your property which will impact my property? And again, where the Gemara seems to be making the claim, following the Mishnah, that property rights are are far from absolute. Okay, we're going to stop there. I am Aryeh Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T. This week's podcast, as every week's podcast, is produced by Eli Unger Sargon. My deep thanks and appreciation to him. So if you enjoyed these 40 minutes or so, please give me a rating on the podcast page on the Apple Store. Please tell other folks to come along to this bait Midrash in my closet, socially distanced bait Midrash. And hopefully we'll see you again, and we will speak in Torah for another 40 minutes next week. Stay healthy. Wash your hands.